premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey there, folks. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right, folks, and we are broadcasting to you live from the Asylum Studios here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas. It is a beautiful Sunday evening here in Eagle Pass, and uh, I hope you made it to church this Lord's Day. I uh, unfortunately couldn't make it to church this morning uh, because I was traveling back from New York uh, from my mother's funeral services uh, this past week and um, wasn't even sure that uh, I was going to get here in order to even do a show for you tonight. Uh, But praise the Lord, despite uh, some delays at the airport getting out of Newark and um, some problems with the flight along the way, you know, just praise the Lord. We got here safe and sound. And I also want to say thank you to uh, Brother Hector and his wife, Mel, for, uh, for picking me up at the airport in San Antonio. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Thank you so very much. It's been a real blessing to me through all of this. And uh, really uh, great friends in Christ and great brother in Christ, sister in Christ. And, and I love him to death. And uh, thank you so much for it, brother and sister. Uh, all right. Um, well, when you went to church today, I hope that you heard a good message. I hope you heard a message from the Word of God, uh, a message that set fire to your heart. And I hope that when you left church today, uh, you left not only with a renewed love for the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, but also with a fresh burden for the lost and the dying of this world. Now, I know that this should be our Sermon Sunday message, but uh, with all the travel that uh, had to be done this week, I really wasn't able to, uh, to uh, prepare a message uh, specifically for our sermon Sunday. So I took the easy route. I know we're studying the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So I figured that uh, instead of doing a normal sermon Sunday message, we'll continue on with our study in the book of Revelation by getting into chapter 20 tonight. Now, this probably would have been our Thursday night Bible study, but because I was traveling, I was up in New York, uh, we didn't have a show Thursday night. Now, uh, with Revelation chapter 20 tonight, you know, when you, when you think about it, we've almost come to the conclusion of this absolutely incredible book. And, uh, you know, I, we, we were talking in the, in the car on the way back uh, from the airport today that I can't believe that it's been like 22, maybe 24 weeks that we've been studying the book of Revelation. And it meant, when I tell you that it feels like it, it has flown by. You know, and, uh, 
you know, they, you know, the old saying, you know, time goes by when you're having fun. Yeah, you know, I've really enjoyed teaching it, and I and I sincerely hope that you learned something from it, and I hope that it was uh, beneficial to you uh, in your in your walk with the Lord. Now, I believe that the Book of Revelation uh, is the key that unlocks many doors in the Word of God, and Revelation chapter twenty is uh, primarily about the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is an exciting and exciting time period that we'll be coming into uh, right after the tribulation period comes to an end. Now, uh, before we get any further into our Bible study for tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you head over there, if you would, look for that contact section, and when you find it, uh, would you send us over a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, please don't forget to send over your prayer requests. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's totally fine. You could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, I have received several emails uh, from you guys uh, expressing your condolences and your prayers for, my, for myself and for the family. Thank you so very much for that. It's a real blessing, and it was a, it was a privilege to share some of that um, with my family, uh, some of the comments that we received um, while I was up with them in New York. So thank you so very much for that, and God bless you for it. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you also please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, it might be hard to do a recurring monthly contribution right now. You might not be able to financially uh, uh, be able to uh, carry that. Uh, but if you can't, and uh, if making a one-time contribution is something you might be considering... You can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, or you could scan the Cash App QR code, which is on our homepage on our website as well. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, or if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be so extremely thankful for it. Now, since we've been... Uh, teaching in the book of Revelation. It's got to tell you, uh, I think uh, I think we upset a few people as we were going on. Um, we have actually lost uh, just a little bit more than half of our monthly support. Uh, people have just uh, canceled their subscriptions. So, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate and... Uh, uh, it does put a strain on what we're doing here, but that's fine. We trust that the Lord will provide for us, and uh, we're going to carry on. You know, we're not here to, uh, to uh, uh, you know, appeal to man. We're here to teach the Word of God, and uh, I'm not going to back down from that. I'm going to teach it as I read it, as I study it, as I understand it. And uh, if, uh, you know, if I say something that's incorrect, let me know. Let me know. I'm always open to uh, to understanding uh, a different side, a different perspective, a different view, or to be actually corrected on what I'm teaching. So, uh, so let me know uh, if you're thinking about canceling your subscription. Before you do that, let me know, and perhaps we can talk it over. 
All right. Now, uh, first and foremost, before we go anywhere else with the show tonight, uh, I particularly want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, um, first of all, for saving me, for uh, providing that amazing gift of salvation, that totally free gift that is outside of any church organization, that is outside any work that I can do. Excuse me one second, please. All right, sorry about that. Uh, had to mute the mic there. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, while I was up in New York, I did get sick. <laughs> so I'm fighting, uh, I don't know if it's a really bad cold or a touch of the flu or something. I don't know. But, um, but uh, pray for me as we're going through the show tonight. I'm going to need it. All right. Uh, so again, first of all, I want to thank the Lord for saving me. You know, the gift of salvation, like I said, is a free gift. There is nothing that you can do, nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. There is nothing you can do to, to, to uh, earn your way into heaven. The Bible says that it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy he saved us. The Bible also says it's for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, you know, baptism is a work. Baptism is a work. And there are a lot of Acts 238 Christians out there that think they need to be baptized in order to, uh, or, or at least baptism is part of their salvation. It is not. Baptism is a step of obedience, and that is it. It's an outward demonstration of what took place at the moment you got saved. When you get saved, you cannot lose your salvation. The Bible says that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, if you're sealed unto the day of redemption, you can't lose your salvation. So uh, uh, your, your baptism is not going to save you. Uh, going through sacraments at your church is not going to save you. And folks, I'm not, I'm not targeting any specific denomination here. I'm talking about the Baptist church just as much as I'm talking about the Catholic Church or the Presbyterians or the Episcopals or the Methodists, and the list can go on and on and on. No church, uh, no church, no particular denomination, uh, nothing that, uh, no ordinance, no sacraments, none of it saves you. Only the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, all you need to do is accept that gift of salvation. All you need to do is put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will save you. You can't get any better than that. There is no better deal than that. It has never been more simple than that. Because, folks, if you've been going along with us in the book of Revelation, or if you've been listening for any lengthy period of time, uh, you know we talk about this quite frequently. Uh, when the church gets raptured, and that takes place over in Revelation chapter 4, and folks, honestly, we're not far. When that happens, the way that God deals with man changes. It's called a dispensation. I'm a dispensationalist. I believe that God dealt with mankind in, 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 in ways of salvation and so on differently over periods of time. And what's going to happen, this period of saved by grace and grace alone is going to close at the rapture of the church 
And then it's going to go back to the Old Testament style, the Old Testament economy uh, for your salvation, faith and works. And it's going to be very, very difficult. You're going to be facing a number of different challenges, taking the mark of the beast or not. For example, if you're going to buy or sell, you're going to eat and want to feed your family, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to take the mark and damn yourself forever? Or are you going to let yourself and your family be martyred? Because that's the only other way. So, folks, you really do need to consider that now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Now. Not tomorrow. Not five minutes from now. Listen, the Lord could, could blow the trumpet before I finish this sentence. And then what? You're stuck. I won't be here. You'll just hear dead air. But you don't have to be stuck here. When you die, you don't have to go to hell. Just please put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and let him know, Lord, I am a rotten, dirty, filthy, no good sinner. I am on my way to hell, but I don't want to go there. Lord, please save me. And he will. Put your trust in your faith, and your confidence in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Not Mary, not the saints, not the Pope, not your church, not your works. Jesus Christ. All right. I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me this ministry opportunity to be able to, uh, to, to, to get on the air with you guys and to uh, open up our Bibles and study the precious Word of God. That King James Bible of ours, such a tremendous and great source of comfort, uh, especially for me over the last few days because, you know, we, we, uh, we lost our mom and it's been very difficult. But I find comfort in the Word of God, which is what it's there for, among other things, of course, but it's there for our comfort. So put your faith and trust in the, in the Lord. Put your faith and trust in his word. Get into his word. Open up the Bible. Study it. And it will be a tremendous blessing to you. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who have been praying for us. Thank you so very much. God bless you for your prayer support. It really does help. It really does. It's a real blessing to know that folks are praying for us. And like I said a few minutes ago, I, you know, I took... I took uh, you know, a great amount of time and went through all the emails and such that I received and little notes and the comments on the Good Pods platform, and I shared those with my family because I wanted them to know that there are people out there who actually do care and are praying for not only me but for the family as well. So thank you so much for all of your prayers. God bless you for them. Please continue to pray for this ministry. Please continue to pray for my family. Please continue to pray for me, especially tonight with this cold. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, I made the right choice here in uh, trying to get through this, uh, through this Bible study tonight. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially or still support us financially. Thank you so much for your financial support. And uh, uh, your support does help. It really does. It helps keep the lights on in the studio for us. It helps us pay our... Um, platform fees it helps us you know get materials and merchandise that we can send out to folks when they request it like bibles and and uh and t-shirts and and all that stuff it's a great great blessing 
And, uh, you know, we also send money out to, the, to uh, missionaries, active missionaries that are out in the field working. And uh, your financial support really, really does go a long way. So thank you so very much for it. And, uh, of course, I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who tune in faithfully to everything that we've been putting out. And uh, it, you guys have been a tremendous blessing uh, to this ministry. And it's because of you that we are still holding the number one positions on Good Pods. It's, it's, a, it's a tremendous blessing. You, you have no idea. And uh, for those of you listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening live through Spreaker or, or through our website, you know, thank you so very much for it. But wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you're helping us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, folks, how about some announcements? Well, uh, we're going a little bit out of sequence uh, this week. So uh, tonight would normally be our Sermon Sunday broadcast, but instead we're doing our Thursday night Bible study, uh, which is totally fine, and we're happy to do that. And it's a real blessing for us to be able to. And, uh, but our Thursday night Bible study normally would meet uh, right here, at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can find it on our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. You could also find us on spreaker.com if you want to listen in live. Uh, or if you want to check us out on our uh, the podcast version of it, which comes out shortly after the live show. That's on all of our podcasting platforms like GoodPod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. Now, also, I want to remind you about our Sermon Sunday broadcast, which normally would take place at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time in all the same places. Uh, again, we got a late start tonight, and uh, instead of doing a Sermon Sunday, we're doing, a, we're doing our uh, Thursday night Bible study instead, and that's because of the uh, travel and the delays and, uh, and such. So don't forget to check us out there as well. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, then why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? Our church meets at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m. Our main worship service is at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. And to find that, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, as well as episodes of the podcast. Now, uh, I do make this announcement from time to time, usually like once a month or so. But uh, our podcast is not a ministry of First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Um, I don't run any of the material that I'm teaching through First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. So uh, if we're teaching something that might not exactly be in line with the church, uh, that's not on them, that's on me. 
And uh, I want to say thank you very much to uh, the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass for allowing us to use the church's Facebook page because I don't have one. And uh, I also want to say thank you to Pastor John Monk, who is my pastor and he's my friend and a tremendous source of encouragement uh, for me and for this podcast ever since we started back in April of last year. So check them out at uh, on Facebook. Look uh, for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Now, folks, if you're interested in prepping and uh, you are planning on not getting saved prior to the rapture of the church or you're planning on trying to tough your way through the tribulation period, well, you're going to need to know about prepping. And the Contra Radio Network is probably the best place you can go to find all the podcasts that you need regarding prepping. The Contra Radio Network is basically a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts from around the country who release content daily. The uh, Contra Radio Network releases about 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on the current events, and there are absolutely no issues that are off-limits. If you want a breakdown of current events, we got it. If you want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency, again, if you're planning on going through the tribulation, you're going to need that. Uh, We got plenty of that. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, strangely enough, we have that too. Now, if you also want to hear more about politics, if you want Bible studies, you want sports, camping, firearms, and more, the Contra Radio Network has it all covered and covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. You can also find them on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. So don't forget to check them out, the Contra Radio Network. And we want to say thank you to the folks at Contra Radio Network for allowing us to be part of their platform. All right, folks. Now, if you haven't checked out uh, Chase Tobin, uh, Brother Chase, is, he's a great brother in Christ, a real prayer warrior. And I am so incredibly thankful for his friendship and his fellowship uh, and for his prayers for, uh, for me personally, for the show, and uh, for the ministry. And uh, Brother Chase puts out a great podcast called The Three Pillars Podcast. The Three Pillars Podcast focuses on personal growth, utilizing the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Now, Brother Chase drops a new episode every Friday morning, so you need to check him out. Uh, You can find him on all of your major podcast platforms, uh, including Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts. You can also find him on YouTube at Tobinator the Motivator. You can find him on Rumble at Three Pillars Podcast. And you can also check out his website, threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. Great podcast. You really do need to check it out. Absolutely practical teachings. Wonderful stuff. Check it out. Now, folks, please don't forget to head over to our programming announcements subscription box on our website. Uh, When you get there, just fill out the little web form and get on our mailing list. It's free. Don't cost you nothing. And uh, it's going to keep you informed about anything that goes on with the show when we're not on the air. Uh, We find it to be the best way to reach out to everybody to let them know of any programming changes, any cancellations, um, 
any, uh, any guests that we might be having on the show. Uh, so you should definitely get yourself on that mailing list because it's very important to stay in the know. You don't want to miss anything, especially when we're going through a series like we have been. All right, so just head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for the programming announcement subscription box on our homepage. All right, and then uh, don't forget our sword swag. Uh, if you are interested in getting one of these wonderful uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs that I have right here, uh, you can get one of these for a $25 contribution. Uh, and uh, today's beverage of choice, folks, is uh, definitely some tea with lemon and honey because I'm sick. So I'm going to take a little sip here because my throat's really dry. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right. Again, that's a $25 contribution for the uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. And if you'd like to get one of our Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts, uh, you can get that there as well for a $35 contribution. All you need to do is really just click that, um, that info button let me know what it is you're looking for, and I will send you the link to where you can make your contribution. And once everything clears out, we will get that sent out to you as quickly as we possibly can. All right. Well, folks, that will bring us to our first break of the uh, afternoon and, uh, or the evening. And I am extremely thankful for that because I need to blow my nose. <laughs> and uh, My throat is extremely dry, even though I took a sip already. So I need some more. All right. So, uh, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Sorry for the little delay in getting back after the song. I was in the middle of a coughing fit, and uh, I feel like another one coming on momentarily. So uh, as we're moving into our prayer section of our show tonight, uh, would you please continue to pray for me and my, uh, and my health here as, um, as I'm dealing with this cold? All right, uh, coming into our prayer request. Now, as always, we always start off with those folks that are in need of salvation, uh, that we've been made aware of, I should say, that are in need of salvation. Um, and so, folks, if you have anyone that you're praying about, if you have anybody, anybody that you're working on, that you're witnessing to, and you want to get them on the prayer list, please let me know. Drop me an email at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Or head over to our website, and you could uh, drop it through the uh, web form. Either way, I'll get it, and we'll get them on the list. All right, now, salvation is the single most important decision that anybody is ever going to make in their entire life. I don't care what else you have going on with you. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, more important than salvation. So, uh, you need to... Put your trust, your faith, and your full confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, folks. Because if you are trusting in your own works, you're only condemning yourself to hell. Remember something. God doesn't send anyone to hell. The person themselves send them to hell. Well, preacher, how do you say that? Well, you say, I say that because God gave you the way out of hell. So why is God going to send you there if he gives you the way out? So you need to get saved. And the way you get out of hell is by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. Because denying that and turning away from that is... is, is just condemning yourself to hell. That will put you there. Very simple. It's very simple. 
So tonight, folks, we are going to be praying for uh, Adam's father. Uh, we're also praying for Sharon, Manuel's mother. We're praying for all the unsaved members of the Baldino family. And we're also praying for uh, my friend David up in New York. Now, uh, unfortunately, while I was up there this time, uh, I was not able to speak to David. Uh, and uh, you could say that's a shame on me, but I had a other pressing matters that I needed to, to attend to uh, for my family. And, uh, but but uh, there is a possibility that uh, I'll be making another trip up there in the coming weeks, uh, and I have it on my schedule and my list of things that I must do to go talk to David. So uh, pray for that. All right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer for the folks here that are in need of salvation. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all that you do for us. We want to thank you, Lord, for the gift of salvation that you have uh, provided to us in, in your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just want to think of uh, David up in New York City. Lord, uh, I've witnessed to him many, many times over the years. And, uh, Father, I just pray that... Um, that uh, that seed had been firmly planted, and Lord, that um, you would uh, you would just uh, uh, cultivate that seed, and that it would grow, and that he would get saved. Father, we're also praying for Manuel's mother. Lord, we're praying that uh, that she would get saved. I know that Manuel talks to her quite a bit, and uh, we're thankful for that. And we, we're going to continue to pray for for her that she would get saved. We're also praying for Sharon. And we're praying that uh, she would get saved as well. And uh, Lord, also for Adam's father, we're continuing to pray for him. Now also, Lord, we're praying for anyone who is uh, listening to the show tonight that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. And we're going to pray, Father, that, that uh, you would use us here in this show as a, in a, in a, as a tool to bring them to Christ. And Father, I would thank you so very much for that. In the precious name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, uh, going on down our, uh, our prayer list here, uh, what we're going to do is here, we're going to read through the, uh, the entire list, and I'll, I'll pause for comment on any updates as we get through their name. And um, uh, we're going to be praying here for Pastor Martin. Uh, Pastor Martin, uh, we're praying for his overall health condition. We're praying for his vision. We're praying for his heart. We're praying for his eczema. We're praying for his blood pressure, and we're praying for his overall strength. Uh, we're praying for Laura, my sister, with a, a slipped disc in her back. We're praying for uh, Laura with cancer. Uh, we're praying for Janae, who has a heart condition. We're praying for Sharon Baldino, who has cancer. We're praying for Martin Mata who has been fighting lymphoma. We're also praying for Daniel Villarreal, uh, who will be uh, restarting chemotherapy on Monday for leukemia. Uh, Alex Ortiz, we're continuing to pray for Alex with his uh, breathing condition and, his, uh, and, and other issues. We're also praying for uh, Diego Ortiz. We're praying for Juan with, uh, with cancer. We're praying for, uh, for Ruben. Uh, with a pinched nerve that uh, may require surgery. Uh, I haven't had an opportunity to uh, get an update from uh, Brother Ruben uh, because of the travel, but uh, as soon as I get that information, I'll try to have it for you by uh, Thursday. 
We're also praying for Patricia Alvarado with uh, kidney problems resulting from cancer. We're praying for Tina with cancer. And we're praying for Jerry Torres, who is uh, recovering from uh, a broken leg. And uh, going on down to the, the other sections of our prayer list, uh, first and foremost, we want to pray for Adam. Now, uh, Adam is, uh, is a good brother in Christ. He's a, he's a friend. He's a, he's a member of, of the uh, church that I am a member of as well. And he is also uh, Bernice's husband. Now, you've heard me mention Bernice for prayer on many, many, many occasions uh, as she was fighting cancer. And uh, sadly, uh, Sister Bernice has gone to be with the Lord. So we want to pray for Adam. And uh, we want to pray that the Lord would just bless him and give him strength as he goes through these days and uh, for, for their children as well and well, for the whole family. And uh, we're going to continue to pray for them. We're also praying for uh, my brother-in-law, Jude, uh, for his business up in New York. We're praying for Federico Salinas, who is a great friend in Christ. I love him. And uh, he's, a, he's a hardworking man. He's dedicated to the Lord. Uh, he really is someone that you could look to uh, for, for prayer, for support, for uh, encouragement. Great friend in Christ, and I love him to death. We're also praying for, uh, for Brother Aldo and uh, his business up at Pro-AIDVAC here in uh, Eagle Pass. We're also praying for my brother in Christ, Hector, as well. Hector, who picked me up today from the airport with his family. We're also praying for Alex Gonzalez and for uh, being an effective witness at his job. Uh, for Liz, for uh, her pending financial matter. We're also praying for Angela, for the classes that she is now attending for her job. Uh, Isabella for her walk with the Lord, and Jessica for her walk with the Lord. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> Sorry, I uh, didn't want to cough into the microphone there. All right, and then uh, moving right on down the list to our unspoken prayer list. Uh, we're praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Hector. We're praying for Manuel. We're praying for Angela. And we're praying also for Lauda with uh, all unspoken prayer requests. And um, the Lord knows exactly what those needs are. And we're, we're, we're confident that the Lord will answer those prayers according to his perfect will. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we've gone through our lists here, Lord, we think of all of those on our sick list. Lord, we pray for them. We pray, Lord, that you would bring healing, that you would touch each one. Lord, that you would bring comfort, and Lord, that uh, you would help each one of them to get back up on their feet as quickly as possible. Lord, we also want to pray uh, for, specifically, we want to pray for, uh, for our brother in Christ, Adam, as he is mourning the loss of his wife, Bernice. And Lord, we pray for him. We pray for his family. We pray for his children. Lord, we just ask you to touch him. Lord, Lord just wrap your arms around him, Lord, and, and hold on to him. Lord, and uh, please, Father God, don't let, him, don't let him feel alone for just even a moment. Father, we, we just ask you to bless him, uh, protect him, hedge him about, Lord, with your holy angels. Lord, protect him at the workplace. Lord, help him w uh, with uh, clarity of thought and, and uh, taking care of his family now. And Lord, we just pray that you would help to allow us to be a good blessing to him in anything that he might need. 
Father, we also pray for, uh, for our brother Jude, my brother-in-law Jude, uh, for his business, uh, Brother Salinas uh, for his ministry, Brother Aldo for his business, Brother Hector for his particular need, uh, Alex for, uh, for being a good witness at work, Isabella and Jessica for uh, walking closer with you. Lord, we lift up Liz for a quick resolution to her financial matter and Angela for the classes that she is now undergoing for her employment. Father, we also want to pray for the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord. We know, Lord, that, uh, um, that you know exactly what those needs are and that, Father God, you would answer those prayers according to your will for us. So, Father, we lift up Eduardo Rodriguez. We lift up Hector, Manuel, Angela. We lift up Laura. Lord, we lift up uh, Larissa. And we also, Lord, I have a, an unspoken prayer for myself that I didn't include uh, earlier. So, Father God, we just commit all of these things to you. We ask you to bless it, bless us as we go forward today with the uh, with the Bible study. Lord, help me to get through this. Lord, my health and Lord, uh, just give me the words to speak as we study Revelation chapter twenty, and we will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, folks. Now, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to email them to me at info at swordofthespiritpodcast dot com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Or you can head over to our website and use the contact form and send them over there. Or if you have an active Spreaker account and you are logged in and you can jump into our chat group, you can drop your prayer requests in there as well, and I will be sure to get them. All right. (coughs) Excuse me. Couldn't reach the mute button fast enough. Sorry, folks. All right, so uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to take our uh, second break of the uh, afternoon, uh, the evening, and uh, that should give you a chance to go get yourself uh, a cup of coffee. Make sure you bring your King James Bible back. And uh, when uh, when we come back from this break, what we're going to do is get into our Bible study in Revelation chapter number 20. And, uh, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be right back.
the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back, folks, to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we are going to be getting into episode number 109 in uh, just a uh, quick moment here. Uh, this is uh, 
it's really hard to believe that uh, we've gotten as far as we have uh, with the book of Revelation. It's an exciting book. Um, and uh, it, it's a book that uh, the more you unpack this book, the more you find in this book. It's like, uh, it's like peeling an onion. It's really what it is. And uh, as I've said before, if I really, really sat there and dissected each and every verse, we would be here for, for years on just this one book. But uh, it's, it's a real blessing to have been able to, uh, to go through this with you. All right, uh, Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Uh, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you uh, for the preaching and the teaching of your holy word. We ask you, Lord, to give me strength tonight as I teach this lesson from Revelation chapter 20. And Father, we thank you for the truth that is contained therein. And Lord, we do so look forward to the millennial reign of Christ. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks. Well, like I said, we've almost come to the conclusion of this great book, and uh, I've really enjoyed teaching it. I really have, and uh, I hope you learned something from it. I hope it's something that's uh, been beneficial to you and uh, in your walk with the Lord, and uh, I hope that uh, it's one of those studies that we've gone through that... Uh, like remember, like I told you at the very beginning, you know, I've been through several different uh, teachings of the book of Revelation. Some have been good, some have been not so good, and I'm hoping that uh, this is one of those uh, lessons for you, this uh, entire series that for you has been one of the good ones or one of the better ones. Uh, I believe with all my heart that Revelation is the key that unlocks many doors in the Word of God, and um uh, you know, Revelation 20 is primarily about the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the millennium just basically means a thousand years. Uh, millennial, millennium, milli is thousand, annum is year. So millennium, 1,000 years. Now, uh, you know, you hear that phrase millennium used more and more these days, even by the secular uh, press and you know, you've heard of the millennial generation and millennials and, and all that stuff, right? But, uh, you know, a great deal of theology that's out there today and something that we explained back in the first episode we did in this series, um, amillennialists, amillennials, you know, um, the uh, Catholic Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Methodist Church, you know, by official statement of theology, the uh, Episcopal a church, you know, are all amillennialist. They're amillennialist. And what that is, is they believe that man is going to, through his compound goodness and through his efforts, uh, man is going to eventually bring in the kingdom. You know, eventually we're going to get this world so good, so good, that the Lord will just not be able to resist and he'll come back and say, my, what a great job you've done. Now, all you have to do really is look around and say, boy, aren't we doing a good job? You know, not so good, maybe. <laughs> Amen? Amen. All right, now, before the Lord Jesus Christ can reign on the earth, there are five things that have to take place yet in the future. So how about we take a look at those? All right, first of all, the church has to be completed. The church has to be completed. And when we say completed, 
you know, we're talking about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a body is composed of many parts, and uh, I believe this. If you, if you knew how many parts there were in a body, you'd know how many saints there are in the body of Christ. Now, really, who knows that, right? Who knows that? I mean, how many cells and corpuscles and, you know, are, are you with me? Who knows that? But it's, it's, it's billions, and it's billions, I, I would think. Amen? Uh, so the body must be completed. Uh, the church is taken away at the rapture. Uh, the great tribulation is ushered in. The Antichrist must rise and rule, and Christ's glorious return. And uh, that's something we actually just studied back in Revelation 19. And then Satan is bound and, and, and he's imprisoned, um, which we'll get to in uh, Revelation chapter 20. All right. Now, um, this ushers in the millennial kingdom. Now, I don't know if you ever really stopped and thought about it or not, but uh, you know, the, the world is really fascinated with this concept of a kingdom, you know, a perfect kingdom, a, uh, a one world kingdom. Isn't that what they're pushing for, you know, politically right now? A one-world kingdom? Well, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, he's going to rule the world. And therefore, we'll have a one-world kingdom. Even though it'll still be divided and segregated according to nations, and those boundary lines will be recognized and honored. But there'll be one ruler, one ultimate ruler, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what the world is trying to push is a one-worldism. That's not all. The world is fascinated with the idea with nature being at peace with itself. And so, you know, we try to manipulate that in a, in a man-made kind of way to get everything working exactly the way it's supposed to work. So, uh, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to save all the buzzards and all the bees and all the bats and all the snails and all the slugs and we're going to save all of that, right? We're going to save the whole deal, every one of them and get everything working just exactly right. Um, you know, the problem is we just can't get it done. So, you know, we've got to recognize that it's not going to work right until the king shows up and makes it work right. All right? Now, there are two judgments that mark the opening of the millennial kingdom, or the seventh dispensation. All right? Now, the history of man has run for about 6,000 years right now. Even secular historians recognize that. And they, and they say that you know, modern man's history can be chased back about 6,000 years. So we've run the thing out about 6,000 years. So the seventh millennium, the seventh dispensation, matches up with the seventh day. Remember, God created the earth in six days. And what did he do on the seventh? He rested the seventh day. So the millennium is a picture of rest. The thing is put at rest. The thing is put at ease. I mean, right now it's been, you know, lots and lots of conflict. But rest is on the way. All right, now, there are two groups of people that need to be judged as we slide into this millennial kingdom. Now, the first group are living Gentile nations in regards to their fitness to enter the millennial kingdom. All right. Now, 
the basis on which this judgment takes place is you know, primarily on how these nations treated the Jew during the tribulation. Now, it's important that you don't confuse these judgments with the great white throne of judgment or even the judgment seat of Christ. Um, you know, these judgments don't have anything to do with individual soul being saved. The judgments that we're talking about have nothing to do with determining whether someone is going to heaven or hell. It doesn't have anything to do with it. They're not individual judgments. They're national judgments. And they're determining whether that nation uh, or the destiny of that nation, of that particular nation, uh, uh, where that ends up. All right? Now, let's take our Bibles and uh, let's run over to Matthew chapter 25. Now, we've been there in Matthew 25 probably well, at least a half a dozen times since we studied Revelation chapter 1. Now, what I want, what I want to uh, do is uh, hopefully demonstrate to you tonight, as we go through a lot of passages of Scripture, is, is this thing, among other things. As you read your Bible, if you have no understanding of the millennium, great portions of the Bible will be darkened pieces of information to you. Because we're going to look at passage after passage, Old Testament and New Testament, that are, uh, that are millennial in their dispensational setting and then end in their doctrinal stance. All right, one second. Sorry, coughing fit. So, um, where was I? Uh, in their dispensational setting, right? Okay. So if, um, if you're just, like, for example, if you're just reading down through one of these passages and you don't know where the thing fits on God's timeline, what are you going to do with it? You know what most people do in this day and age? What they do is they try to force feed it into the church age. And uh, do you know what it is? It's like, uh, it's like a, a, a millennial passage is um, kind of picture a square peg, and you're trying to put it into a round hole that's just a little bit smaller than the square peg. And so, you know, it doesn't fit. And then what they do is they try to get it in there and, and get it in there, and they can't get it to fit. So then they grab a hammer, and they start to beat it, and they beat on the thing, and, and then eventually, you know, four splinters are flying off in four different directions. And But, boy, they're going to beat that dude in there, right? And then they're going to hammer it in there until they somehow make it fit, even if it doesn't fit good. Now... That's the theological approach to, you know, uh, of 21st century man as a whole. He's going to make that entire Bible somehow fit into the church age, when in fact the majority of it doesn't have anything to do with the church age. You know, there are 66 books in your Bible, and there are only 12 epistles written to church age saints. That's it. 12 out of 66. So we have to be careful as we look at this, all right? Now, we're in Matthew 25, and uh, let's look down in verse 31. Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory. Now, that's second advent. That's Revelation 19. That's what we studied, you know, the last three weeks. And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, 
and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Now, have you ever heard the saying, you know, outside of a Bible context, you know, separating the sheep from the goats? I'm sure you have. Where did it come from? It came from your Bible. That's where it comes from. All right. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink, and so on and so forth. All right, verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye had done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Bible with Bible, you'll find out who the brethren is. Jesus called Israel his brethren. Then he shall say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, and so on and so forth. All right? Now, this is what we call the judgment of the nations. Now, you enter into the millennial kingdom, there are going to be some Gentile nations that are going to be allowed to enter into the kingdom because they, give, because they gave um, good and you know, preferential treatment to the Jew during the tribulation. All right. Uh, let me give you a type of that. I'll give you a type of it. All right. Now, it's just a type. Okay. It's just a type. But the type is Schindler's List. That's the type. Now, that's a Hollywood movie that, that came out uh, a few years ago. And uh, basically, they said, you know, here's a guy, and it's based on a true story. Uh, they said, here's a guy that tried to protect Jews during World War II and keep them from going to the gas chambers. So that's a type of it right there. Now, he wasn't the only one that did that. There were a lot of others that did that too. All right? So that's the Gentile nations. That's the criteria for determination to see if they'll go into the millennial kingdom or if they don't go into the millennial kingdom. All right? Now, the second group is Israel or the Jew. Now, not every living Israelite will be allowed to enter into the kingdom, but only those that will be judged worthy. Now, the judgment of the Jew is in Matthew 25 as well, in the first 30 verses. Um, you know, we picked it up in verse 31 with the judgment of the Gentile nations, but uh, in the first 30 verses, they deal with the judgment of the Jew to determine if he goes into the millennial kingdom or not. All right, now, we're not going to read all 30 verses, but let's go back and let's pick it up in verse 1. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now, who's the bridegroom? Who's the bridegroom? Jesus Christ. Who's he coming with? His bride. Amen? All right? I mean, most bridegrooms have brides, right? 
I mean, you wouldn't be called a bridegroom unless you were expecting to take a bride. Right? Makes sense. All right? And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. The door was shut. All right? Now, these are kingdom parable, parables illustrating truths. All right? Now, take your Bible and go over to Ezekiel chapter 20. Ezekiel chapter 20. You know, the world is expecting something to take place. The world knows that something needs to take place. The world knows that something needs to change. Now, you know, the, uh, the spirit of the Antichrist is already among us. And you know, they're pushing for the one world government. All right, now in Ezekiel chapter 20, let's look in verse 37. Now, verse 37, um, God is dealing with his people, Israel, here in the chapter, and he says, well, let's go to verse 36. Let's back it up one. 2036. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, Go ye, serve ye every one his idols, and hereafter also. If ye will not hearken unto me, but pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and with your idols. All right, now let's see if we can set this whole thing up. Where does this thing fit dispensationally? Verse 40. For in mine holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord God, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land, serve me. There will I accept them. There will I require your offerings and the first fruits of your oblations with all your holy things. All right, now, has there ever been a time where all of them served him? No, there's never been a time where they all served him. So this is still future, you see? Verse 42, And you shall know that I am the Lord when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for the which I lifted up mine hand to give it to your fathers. Verse 44, And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have wrought with you for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways, nor according to your corrupt doings, O ye house of Israel, saith the Lord God. So, still future, entering into the millennial kingdom. All right, verse 38, And I will purge out from among you the rebels. All right, so there's a judgment. There's a judgment. There's a judgment on the Gentiles. There's a judgment on Israel. And God's going to separate the sheep from the goats and the chaff from the wheat. 
Some are going into everlasting fire, and the rest are going to be able to go into the millennial kingdom. Now, these people that we're talking about are still in earthly bodies, all right? We're not talking about the saints right now. We're talking about folks that survived the tribulation. You know, they're still in an earthly body, and the Lord returns to establish his earthly kingdom. And they're allowed to go into that millennial kingdom in in that earthly body. Well, what happens to them in that earthly body? Well, they die eventually. Eventually they die, but, um, you know, they might live a lot longer than you can imagine. And we'll get into that a little bit later. All right? Now, the, the reign of the dispensation of the millennium is what we call in, in the theological world a theocracy. A theocracy, and that just simply means God rule. And Jesus Christ is the king. Now, take your Bible and head over to Luke chapter 1, your New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book of your New Testament, Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. You know, a lot of people read this stuff every Christmas, and and then they never ask themselves where it fits, you know? It's got to fit somewhere. I mean, there's a whole bunch of pieces of the puzzle that fit somewhere, amen? All right, now here we are. Uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. All right, now, did Jesus Christ reign on the throne of his father David? I mean, is that what you would call a cross? A throne? I wouldn't call that a throne, would you? I mean, did he ever have a throne? Did he ever rule over anything forever? So you see what folks have to do? that won't accept this? They have to spiritualize vast portions of Scripture and say, well, you know, that's just inspirationally or spiritually speaking. The Lord's ruling now. The Lord isn't ruling now. Not here. Not here. He's going to, though. You either have to spiritualize the promise or you're going to have to accept the thing literally. You have to say, if you, and if you're going to accept the thing literally, you have to say, where does it fit? Well, it fits in the future. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. All right, now, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be the king, and the apostles are going to reign over the Jews. Take your Bibles and go over to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew, the first book of your New Testament. Just go backwards two books. Luke, Mark, Matthew. Matthew chapter 19. Now, I realize that we haven't even gotten to a verse out of Revelation 20 yet. And we may not, you know. It may all be introduction before we get to the first first verse. You know. And I'm just trying to do some preview, you know, uh, a little more groundwork. But, you know, we'll get to it. We'll get, we'll get to it. All right. Uh, where are we? Matthew, 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 Matthew 19, 28. And Jesus said unto them, 
Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. All right, now who's he speaking to? Verse 25. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? So he's speaking to his disciples. Now, the word regeneration, if I remember correctly, it's only used twice in your Bible. Twice. It's used once here in regeneration. You know, when you regenerate a thing, what do you do to it? Well, it's like a remake, right? A, a remodel, a rebuild, right? A recycle, even. Okay? That's what you do when you regenerate a thing. The only other place that it's used is over in Titus, where it talks about, um, you know, the word is applied to personal salvation. Titus 3.5. Um, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. All right, now you find the word regeneration twice in your Bible. You find it once when it's talking about you getting regenerated. It's the most common term. Well, common is not the word that I really want. Um, It's the closest phrase. Yeah, all right, that's what I want. That's the word I want. The closest phrase you could connect with the word regeneration is the phrase born again. And Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, when you were born again, you were regenerated. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Amen? All right, so you were regenerated. You were born again. The only other thing that needs to be born again, and by the way, you needed to be born again because you had a curse on your head and on your soul. And so you needed regeneration or a new birth. The only other thing that needs regeneration is the earth itself. It has a curse on it. Now, if you don't believe that, you just need to go visit southwest Texas right about now where we're having a blistering heat wave. You know, it's been only a few degrees cooler than hell around here. But you say, well, you know, that'll pass. Well, by the time that passes, you need to go to visit Oklahoma where they have tornadoes. And you say, well, you know, that'll pass. Well, then you need to go somewhere where they're having a drought. And you say, that'll pass. Well, then you need to check out the volcanoes and the typhoons and the tidal waves. Are you with me? What I'm telling you is the earth is cursed. And all of this stuff that we have to combat and fight all the time, the elements of nature, are the result of the curse. And what the earth is waiting for is regeneration. So Jesus uses this word, in the regeneration. And he says, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, speaking to his twelve disciples, ye shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So who's judging the twelve tribes of Israel? The disciples, the apostles. All right? Now, Uh, let's do this. Let's take our last break of the night right here. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue on with our study of uh, the Revelation chapter 20. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it. 
with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Praise the Lord. 
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. We've been studying Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. All right, now uh, we're going to go over to Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. We were talking about before the break here that, um, you know, it's going to be the apostles, you know, judging the 12 tribes of, of Israel. And uh, we were over in, in the book of Matthew uh, to prove that point. And uh, now we're heading over to Isaiah chapter 2. All right. And uh, by the way, you know, the church age saints will rule and reign over the Gentiles. Now, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And, um, you, know, you know, by the way, by the way, I, I just want to say this to you. That's one of the themes that I like to camp on, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and ruling and reigning with him. And, uh, you know, a lot of people reason this way. You know, and I know, I know how people think. You know, they say, well, that might be, you know, all well and good, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and the preacher gets up there and he goes on a little bit of a tirade about it, you know, have that authority over 10 cities and, you know, have that authority over five cities or, you know, that wicked servant take from him that hath the pound, give it to him that hath the 10, you know, and then some people think this way. Well, I don't want to rule over anything anyway. So there. Now, let me show you something. <laughs> okay. You may not want to rule over anything now because you haven't been made to rule over anything now. But you're going to have a regenerated body and it's going to think and act a whole lot different than it does now. Its desires are going to be different, completely different. So you cannot predicate what your attitude is going to be then based on what it is now. You can't even imagine what it's going to be like but, you know, people do that. They say, well, you know, the preacher preaches about mansions in heaven. I don't want a mansion anyway. I don't want to have, have to mess with all of that and keeping it clean. <laughs> Folks, let me tell you something. If the Lord says there are mansions in heaven, then it's a good deal no matter how you slice it. Amen? It's a good deal. It's a good deal. There's no dust in heaven. Okay? There's no garbage in heaven. Isn't that good? I mean, you know, come on. All right? We're in Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. We're going to see what the capital city of this whole thing is. Isaiah chapter 2. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall there be neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, when has that ever happened? Have we ever seen that in reality? Neither shall they learn war anymore. Man's been killing man since Cain killed Abel. 
right? You can't pick up a daily newspaper without reading about genocide going, some, going on somewhere. I mean, over in Ukraine, right? Somebody is whooping up somebody. Over in Africa, somebody is whooping up on somebody else. You know, they go out there, they find a mass grave of four or 500 bodies, you know? I mean, it's just daily news all the time. Isn't that grand? <laughs> Isn't man doing a good job? Isn't he? Isn't he doing a good job? You know, isn't science wonderful? Speaking of that, you know, just for fun, I was watching something on TV while I was away about comments, about comets, sorry. <laughs> My head. Uh, about comets. I, li- I like watching shows about, you know, outer space stuff. But And, uh, you know, they were saying that the, that the tales of these comments, uh, these comet, comets, I'll, I'll get it right one of these days, the tale of these comets are ice and dust, right? And then I saw another show just a few hours later on the same channel that said the comet tails are spewing gases similar to what come from the sun. So hot that it's, uh, it's probably, you know, if we, if we could discern what it is, you know, the building block of the universe. I was like, wait a minute. You know, one show said it was ice and dust. The other one said it's hot and molten gas. I mean, isn't science wonderful? Aren't they doing a good job? Well, which is it, sir? Which is it? Well, the capital city will be in Jerusalem. Now, if we ever come to a time when the spears are beaten to pruning hooks and the swords into plowshares, uh, now, when you stop and think about it, folks, you know, now, we're going to study some scripture here in a little while. Well, I don't even know if we're going to get it tonight, to be honest. We may. Maybe. You know, we're going to study some scripture over here in Isaiah that talks about God and the millennial kingdom, you know, turning the desert into a veritable paradise that's going to bloom like a rose. You know how much landmass today on the earth is desert? I'm talking lots and lots of it. And I don't know the percentage, but you know, it's a heap of land out there that's just desert. It's just desert, folks. Now, have you ever stopped and thought about if God turned all of the desert into an agricultural paradise? Well, it's sure going to take a heap of agricultural equipment. And you say, well, where are we going to get all that? Well, when God gets done whooping up on all the enemies at the second, ad- at the second advent, there's going to be an awful lot of military equipment laying around that will be ready to be recycled. Amen? All right, now, here we are. All right, let's see what else. Now, the capital city is going to be Jerusalem in this millennial kingdom. And uh, pilgrimages up there, right? Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah 14 and um, verse 16. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a millennial passage. Now, you know, we just started to look at a few, but, you know, the thing is going to snowball. Now, can you see what I'm saying? You read through your Bible and you read all this stuff. You've got to ask yourself, if you're a serious Bible student, you have to ask yourself, where does it fit? Has there ever been a time when representatives of the nations of the world have been going up annually to Jerusalem to worship God? There's never been a time when that's taken place. Well, then where does it fit? It's got to fit somewhere. 
well, it fits in that millennial kingdom. Now, you know, I do. I, I, I get excited about this stuff. I do. I, I really do. I, get, I really get buzzed about it. And uh, it may not seem like it right now. That's because I'm fighting this cold here. But, you know, uh, you, know, what, you know, what the millennial kingdom of Christ will mean, you know, um, well, it's, it's a glorious time for the Father. Well, why is that? Because his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will be publicly honored on earth where a man has only dishonored him. Now, we need to look at this verse here, all right? I want you to go over to Philippians in your New Testament. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Jesus Christ is not popular on the earth today. Now, I know a lot of people go to church, but that doesn't mean that Jesus Christ is popular. In the average church in America today, you know, his name is seldom mentioned. Seldom mentioned. Um, you know, a whole lot more people take his name as a curse word. They take it in vain more than any other way. And we know that to be so, but here's what the Lord has in mind. Can you imagine? I mean, well, we, we really can't imagine. We, we can't imagine the heartbeat and the feeling and the mentality of God and the thing. But, and and there, there's really no way that we can actually conceive, you know. But in our feeble attempts, God gave his only begotten son. He was crucified on a cross. The world continues to reject him. Don't you think the Lord is anxious to exalt his son? Don't you think the Lord is anxious to have his son honored? But you know what? Paul got a hold of that. You know, led by the Holy Spirit, of course, in Philippians chapter 2. And of course, in Philippians chapter 2, the discussion is uh, Jesus Christ in verse 5. But um, he goes on down through here in verse 9. Let's pick it up in verse 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Has that ever happened? No. Is it going to happen? Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. You can plan on it. When? That millennial kingdom. It'll be a glorious time for the Son himself because after a great extended period of time, he receives the kingdom and he reigns in righteousness. You know, many Old Testament passages are dedicated to that idea. You know, take your Bible and go over to Psalm 45. Psalm 45. You cannot read a Bible cover to cover without becoming acutely aware of the fact that God's got something planned for the future, the likes of which we haven't seen anything close to. Psalm 45, verse 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, we could spend quite a while right here expanding on that, but that verse right there proves that Jesus Christ is is God. Therefore, God, thy God. God has a God, but they're one and the same. That's strange phraseology, isn't it? Therefore, God, thy God. Well, who's he talking about? 
It's talking about the God that is the scepter of the kingdom, has a scepter of thy kingdom, is a, is a right scepter, who loves righteousness. And you go on through the chapter and it becomes more and more clear. Who in the world is it talking about? Well, it's talking about Jesus Christ. All right, look over in Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. And uh, verse 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Jesus Christ is going to rule in righteousness. He's going to share the honors with his saints. Now, it's not only going to be a time of publicly honoring Jesus Christ as the Son of God, it's, also, it's not only going to be the time of recognition for him, but it's also going to be a time of glory for Israel. This is the kingdom that they've been waiting for. God's chosen people will be back in the land, and they'll be converted. All right, now go over to, to uh, Zechariah chapter 12. Zechariah chapter 12. All right, now I'm going to ask you, has this happened yet? Well, no, but verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Well, who got pierced? This is an Old Testament passage before it ever happened. So it's prophetic, isn't it? And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. Did they mourn for him when he was pierced the first time? No, they didn't mourn. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. He's going to be revealed to them. They're going to see him as he is, pierced. And they're going to recognize him. And they're going to be converted. Now look over here in Jeremiah chapter 50. Jeremiah 50 and verse 4. In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, and the children of Judah together, going and weeping, they shall go and seek the Lord their God. Verse 20. In those days and in that time, the Lord, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for, there shall be none, and the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve. All right, now their conversion is future. Remember what the Lord said to Peter? He said, Peter, when thou art converted. Now, when I was on my flight coming back today, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. When thou art converted. Why did Peter's conversion take so long? I mean, when the Lord said that, you know, Peter walked with the Lord three and a half years of his earthly ministry. And that was just prior to the cross. And the Lord says, Peter, when thou, art, when thou art converted. So you mean Peter's not converted yet? No. No, he's not converted yet. So you might say, well, doesn't he love the Lord? Yeah, he loves the Lord. Hadn't he been impressed with the truth of the Scriptures? Yeah, I'm sure he has. Hadn't he learned a great deal? Most assuredly he has. He hadn't been converted. Well, why hadn't he been converted? Because Peter's an apostle to the Jew. 
Paul's conversion was instantaneous, right? Acts chapter 9. He's an apostle to the Gentiles. Peter's conversion took a long time. He finally got it. Do you know what Peter's a type of? He's a type of Israel. He's a Jew. And he's apostle to the Jew, is he not? He's a type of the Jew finally becoming converted. How long did it take them? About 2,000 years. That's how long. About 2,000 years. When thou art converted. All right, now... Um, Let's, uh, let's run another one out here, okay? God is going to pour out his glory and blessings upon Israel without measure. Go to, Je- go to uh, Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 31. 31, 31. Okay? Behold, the days come. Okay, so that's future saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Won't it be nice when you won't ever have to hand it out a track again? <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying. You understand the context of, of that I'm saying it, you know, because everybody, everybody will know the Lord. Isn't that a strange thing? I mean, talk about strange. You'll never have to invite anybody to church because they'll all want to go. Amen. They'll all say, yeah, I'm in, man. I'll see you in church. It's a strange deal. All right, let me show you one more. Let me show you one more. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, 9. And their seed, that is Israel's seed, shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. All right, now we've been in Isaiah. We've been in Jeremiah. I think we've been in Ezekiel. And if we haven't been, we'll be going there shortly. All right, we've been in the Psalms. Amen? We've been in Matthew. And you know something? We haven't even really hit the hem of the garment. And virtually every passage that we've studied was a millennial passage. Do you know how many people are going to church every Sunday in this country and profess to read their Bibles and don't know the difference between the millennium and the tribulation? Do you see why folks get so conserved, get get so confused? They keep praying for the millennium when the millennium isn't here. You know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You know, that's millennial stuff. They keep trying to make nature rest with itself, make the environment work out and all that stuff. That's millennial stuff, okay? Well, what else about this millennial kingdom? Uh, Well, in the few minutes that I have left, I want to run through some physical changes that are going to take place. Just Just a few more. Uh, I know we haven't even gotten to one verse yet in Revelation chapter 20. I, I know we haven't. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that next week. Maybe. 
But I'm laying the groundwork for you. I want you to get an appreciation for what God's going to do. First of all, let's run this thing out in Romans chapter 8. Okay? Romans chapter 8. You know, the Bible is filled with passages about the millennial kingdom. All right? Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. So do you know what the problem with creation is? It's groaning. And the Bible uses that word, travail. And in, in almost all occasions, when the Bible uses the word travail, it has to do with labor pains prior to delivery of a child. But in this particular case, God uses the word travail, and he says, the world is travailing. Do you know what happens? And, you know, I, I don't hang around labor rooms a lot, so I'm not, I'm, so I'm going to use my imagination here a little bit, okay? Uh, travail would imply groaning, crying out, writhing. Um, how am I doing, ladies? <laughs> am I doing all right? Now, do you know what the world is doing today? It's flopping around, it's writhing, it's groaning, it's crying out. And that's manifested by all of these things that we previously rehearsed for you. You know, tornadoes and earthquakes and volcanoes and drought. You know, floods, famine, pestilences, you know, all the stuff. The earth is not at rest with itself. It's travailing. It's about to bring forth birth. All right, now let's go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Now, once the Lord removes the curse and establishes his kingdom and the earth is regenerated, it's born again. Uh, you see, the dirt under your feet is just as cursed as your soul was, and it needs a new birth as well. All right, now Isaiah 55 in verse 13. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Now, can you imagine that? No blackberries, or at least the thorns. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Has there ever been a time when there hasn't been thorns and briars? Well, then it's future. Where does it fit? It hasn't fit so far. All right, go to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35. You cannot believe how much your Bible addresses this millennial kingdom, and yet it continually amazes me that the average contemporary Christian is totally ignorant of the subject. I mean, if you walked into the average church anywhere in America and said, give me, Mr. Head Deacon of this church, a 30-second dissertation on the millennial kingdom, he'd say, uh. Yeah, the problem is that the preachers don't talk about it either. You know, they don't. And so much of the Bible is a discussion of it. Isaiah 35, verse 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Well, has the Sahara Desert ever been anything but the Sahara Desert? I mean, as far as we know? Is it ever going to blossom like a rose? God says it is. It hasn't yet. So the fertility of the earth will greatly increase. 
All right, that's not all. Isaiah chapter 11. Hopefully you're getting the idea that the prophet Isaiah had a great deal to say about the millennium. And he did. He did. Now, if you read the first five verses, uh, the thing will set the stage for you. But I'm going to skip that for time's sake. All right, let's look at verse 6. Look down in verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Has that ever happened? A little kid leading a bear and a lion and a leopard with a little string around their necks? Nice kitty, kitty. You want to see my kitty cat? You know? But the world is in love with this idea. How many TV shows have there been with, uh, you know, uh, some guy, some person, some body, you know, trying to domesticate a tiger or a lion or, or, or a bear or some kind of wild animal. You know, the world loves that idea. So the animal natures will change. The carnivorous animals are going to become vegetarians, according to the text. Verse 8, And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. So these are poisonous things. All right, nothing's going to bother them. All right, Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65. How much God says about the millennial kingdom. All right, once again, verse 25. 65, 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. Well, how about that? Strange thing, right? All right, the atmosphere is going to undergo changes. Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. You know, you notice that God has a lot to say in Isaiah about the millennial kingdom. And we're not covering nearly all of it, but, uh, you know, Isaiah 30, verse 26. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold. Now, it didn't say heat. It said light. There's a difference. Do you know why they grow huge cabbage just north of Anchorage in Alaska in the summertime? Because they have so much light. They get light almost all the way around the clock. Now, what if you had light seven times greater than what you've got right now? Do you suppose you could grow some stuff? I mean, they say, you know, we've got cabbages, you know, that big around. Man, you ain't seen nothing. Someday we'll have tomatoes that big around. It all has to do with light. So God says, as the light of seven days, in the, in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about the millennial kingdom. All right, now let's go over to Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65, all right? Now let me show you something. Now, if you study your Bible carefully, and I know I've only got a couple of minutes to go but uh, to, and, and to really explain this to you, and I really can't do a very good job in just a couple of minutes, but prior to the flood, prior to the flood, what the Lord did was he had a vapor lid all around the earth. So it was like a recycled watering system. Have you ever gone to like a, like a, like a nursery, uh, a plant nursery, and you see they have these little uh, containers with seedlings in them, and they have those plastic lids on there, and they have all that moisture built up on the plastic lid? It's like a self-contained system, right? It's a recycled watering system. That's what he's going to do in the millennial kingdom. Now, now, also, because he had a vapor lid around that thing, that thing filtered out 
ultraviolet rays of the sun. And, uh, you know, we know that light is one of those paradoxes. You know, uh, you need it to live, but it's also killing you. It's one of those strange things, amen? So, you know, they say people who work out in the sun are more susceptible to skin cancer. All right, now people ask the question, well, how do those people live for 900 years before the flood? Well, that's probably not the only explanation, but it's, it's one of the explanations, or at least a factor in the explanation. You know, the atmospheric conditions of the earth were entirely different. They were entirely different. Now look at what God's going to do in the millennial kingdom. Isaiah 65 and verse 20. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner, being an hundred years old, shall be accursed. So the idea of the thing is that if a child dies, he could be a hundred years old and still be a child. That's living a long time. You know, that's, that's going right back, and, and, and that's what the Lord's going to do. He's going to put it right back to the pre-flood conditions. You know, folks will be living five and six and seven and eight and nine hundred years. It's a long time. It's a long time. And they'll be multiplying. And there won't be any war and disease and crime to kill them off. Now, of course, you know, God's going to thin them out pretty good during the tribulation. But they're going to multiply. And they're going to multiply just like the original commission. You know, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the face of the earth that was given to Adam and Eve. But when you stop and think about all the deserts in the world growing food, and when you think about seven times the amount of present available light to grow the food fast and uh, efficiently, there'll be no problem. No problem at all. You know, God's got the whole thing worked out. It's exciting stuff, don't you think? All right, now, we didn't get a verse in chapter 20 tonight, but this was important to do. This is, this is laying some great groundwork, groundwork for next week. And uh, I know we're pushing the two-hour mark on the show tonight, but, uh, you know, praise the Lord. It was a study. It was a great study, and I thought it went really, uh, really well, and I'm, I'm hoping that you got something out of this tonight. And uh, what we'll do here is we'll call it a night. I'm going to rest my voice So I just want to say thank you, folks, for joining us tonight on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for that contact section and send us over a message. Also, look for that support this podcast button. And if you can help us out with a monthly contribution, that would be great. Or a one-time contribution. Either way, we would appreciate it. Folks, until we see each other again on Thursday night for our Bible study, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.